Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to the One Shot Podcast, the Sports Gazette's official cricket podcast. I'm Michael, hosting today. Uh, and a very special episode because England have just beaten India in the first test. Ayush is laughing right now, but I'm sure inside he's crying. Ayush, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, like you said, laughing and crying. I mean, it's just because well, I'm, I'm happy that it, it just makes the rest of the four games so interesting. We all did. I mean, none of us predicted a whitewash earlier. Uh, and I always thought it would be foolish to predict a whitewash in this series. But the way the way the first three days went, many people thought it could be that. The first two days, I would say, before there was an Ollie Pope masterclass in the second innings and uh, a certain debutante as well who got smacked early on but came back very strongly. So, yeah, as a neutral, I would say as a cricket fan, I should say, because I'm not neutral here, a cricket fan, I should say that... Uh, it makes up a very interesting test series going forward. But yeah, I'm worried for India right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also got Toby, of course. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I'm uh I said he's still worried. Uh he was worried for India. I'm I'm still worried for, for England a little bit. I think it'll still be a, a tough series. I mean, England won the the last well, the last time that England won the first test match and went on to lose three on the bounce. So I mean I don't think it's it's all sort of plain sailing from here, but I think it'll be a, an exciting series. And I don't think many people predicted England to win the, the first test. Definitely. What a start. What a start. Uh, I mean, Ben Stokes has called it the greatest, it's his greatest triumph since he's been captain. Uh, and he's described uh, Ollie Pope's innings as the greatest ever in the subcontinent by an English batsman. So high praise from Stokes. Hopefully that's not the peak for England and we can push on and take the series win but it's definitely a big mountain to climb um so yeah as you guys mentioned in the preview podcast we all kind of 
predicted India to win the series, so it's a bit of a shock. Um, so whilst we're still very far far away from England winning the series, how big a win was that for England? Toby, I'll start with you. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I mean, I think it proved all the doubters wrong, including the three of us. Um, I think England played, considering as well how far behind they were sort of at the halfway point, I think it was absolutely, well, it was just really impressive, really, how they managed to fight back. Holly Pope in particular, I mean, dominant, not 196. Um, I don't think anyone saw that coming from the halfway mark. And then, as you mentioned as well, Tom Hartley's seven foot on debut. Don't think anyone really saw that as well coming from from the halfway. So I think it's it's just really impressive and kind of, yet again, sums up sort of how Basball has been working and, and why it's been so strong because Ben Stokes sort of never doubts and, and never wavers in, in what his plans are and and stuck with his guns. And Ollie Pope went out and repaid that first of all and then Tom Hartley straight after. Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to touch on Ben Stokes a little bit later, but that's 14 of his first uh, 19 matches as test captain. He's won. It includes statement victories over New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, Australia, and of course, I mean, in my opinion, this is the best of the lot, this uh, test against India. Um, I mean, how good a captain is he, Toby? And what do you think it is that makes him so good? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a fantastic captain. I remember when he first was announced as captain, I remember there being a lot of doubt about whether he'd make a good good captain. I always thought he would be. I mean, a lot of people sort of focused a lot more on his tactical now. So I think he is a very good tactician um, and probably one of the better ones in, in the England side. But I don't think that's what makes him a great captain. I think it's the fact that he is so stubborn, which sounds crazy because you'd almost sort of think that, you know, captains should be very sort of diplomatic and should know how to sort of manage people and, and play as well. But actually, I think the fact that he is so stubborn and knows exactly how he wants to play, how he wants the England team to play and and the sort of direction he's been driving them in alongside Brendan McCullum and Rob Key, I think because he's been so focused and one-minded, it's actually made it really, really easy for the, the other 10 players out there next to him because all they have to do is just follow in his wake, follow alongside him, and he'll be, he'll drag them to the places he wants them to go. I mean, I mean, it's been talked about hundreds of times, but what he said to Johnny Bairstow at Trent Bridge against the, in, against New Zealand in that first series he was as captain, when Johnny Bairstow ducked the bouncer, he said, what are you doing? Hit it for six over square leg. Next ball, Johnny Bairstow does exactly that because that's exactly how Ben Stokes wants his teams to play. And, and he knows full well that that's the best way for them to do it and, and it seemingly is and I think that's why he is such a good captain yeah definitely I should we got anything to add I mean <clears throat> he won the toss of course and had made the decision to bat first do you think that was a big call a, a really big uh, moment in the first test yeah good toss to win definitely uh, on these wickets you know when you know it's going to spin of course when you're playing absolute ranked earners from day one, which we've seen in the past few years. It kind of neutralizes that impact a little bit because if a visiting teams, even though they're winning the toss and batting, if India manages to get you out inside like 100, 150 or something, then even if you're bowling fourth, it, it it's not really going to help you, right? It's, it's going to be an uphill task from there. But on these wickets where... The turn comes in gradually more and more. It's it's a no-brainer to go in there and bat first. 
try to put on the runs. Of course, this was kind of a low-scoring affair, kind of. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't call it the typical one where you bat first and expect to put in like 500 runs right away. But uh, yeah, England, I think they decently to score what they did in the first innings and more than anything, come back from a 190-run lead uh, in, in Indian conditions. I think this is the first time ever that India has lost the test, a, a home test where they had taken a lead of more than 100 runs in the first innings. I mean, that just shows how big an achievement this is from Ben Stokes' team. And I think we're finally starting to realize, right, that it, baseball is it's more than just about attacking batting, the attacking style of play or attacking field set by Ben Stokes. It's about the clarity. And we, we did speak about this in, in the preview episode as well. It's about the clarity of thought. It's about playing without, without fear of losing. And that's exactly what England did after going down, uh, you know, 190 runs. They didn't care. They were still, they still scored at, I think, four and a half and over in the second innings. So they just, okay, we're going to play our game. Of course, it was kind of a grind from Ollie Pope. And it was a brilliant innings. I agree with Stokes when he says that one of probably the best innings in the subcontinent by an English batter. Definitely, I think it was better than Kevin Peterson 2012 as well. That's how good it was. But yeah, I think it's it's just that playing without the fear of losing, I think that's what baseball really represents. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, you, you touched on it there, Ollie Pope's knock. Match-winning knock, really, wasn't it? Um, but do you think that makes him player of the match, or is there another notable mention that we should be talking about, Toby? Well, I mean, I I think Oli Pope probably should have man of the match because, I mean, it might almost be the the sort of the the batter bias within me, but without his hundred ninety six, I mean, Tom Harley wouldn't have anything to bowl at. But um, I mean talked about it there Tom Hartley I mean unbelievable performance the fact that he was so down and out it seemed at the half halfway through after the India's first innings he had been sort of battered around hadn't really done much took two wickets went for 131 not many players go for 130 runs in their first ever innings of test match cricket and then come back and take a seven for straight after went at five and fives and over over for over five and over sorry um, and yeah, didn't really seem to have any control. And I remember sort of talking about it on on my TikTok, and sort of saying how he he really did just struggle to to find any consistency. He would sort of bowl a bad bad balls every so often, and he didn't really seem the different kind of option to Jack Leach that I think a lot of people thought he would be. Everyone thought he was going to try and bowl a lot quicker um, and sort of attack the stumps a bit more and. And I think he tried, and, and it was hard because Jaiswal just took him down early, early on, and he's a great player, Jaiswal. Um, but yeah, again, I think it was sort of Stokes's captaincy that maybe allowed him to to flourish a bit more in the second innings because he he allowed him to keep bowling. So he'd almost because he'd bowled, what was it? He'd already bowled twenty five overs, even if he'd gone for one hundred and thirty runs. He already, already sort of knew vaguely how how the pitch was playing, and and sort of probably felt a bit more comfortable when it came to the second innings. And yeah, he just just bowled magnificently, particularly as Jack Leach was injured and didn't bowl anywhere near as many overs in that second innings as I was, as I'm sure he would have wanted to or Stokes would have wanted him to. Only bowling ten overs, 
um, meant that Tom Hartley really did have to carry and, and he definitely stood up and, and performed. Yeah, definitely. I think <clears throat> what you're saying about um, it being testament to Stokes' captaincy and Brendan McCullough's management, I 100% agree with. In the interview after the game, he said he didn't really... F I mean, he's not... He's probably not going to say in an interview after the game that he felt, you know, nervous for the second innings after getting smacked about a bit in the first innings. But he said they got around him, you know, they made him feel better. And I think that, that, that makes a massive difference, you know, where when you think about maybe in the past, you might have had a bit more toxicity in the dressing rooms, might have had a lot of comments, but no, kept his confidence up and he delivered in the second innings. Ayush, was he your player of the match? Uh, I think I texted you, was it, uh, when, you know, the game just got over that I would have liked to see Hartley get uh, player of the match. But I do agree with Toby, yeah, that Hartley wouldn't have had the opportunity to end up taking those seven wickets and bowl those many overs if Ollie Pope hadn't done what he did. So that, that definitely is a good shout for Ollie Pope to be player of the match. But I think Hartley just on debut, the second innings, uh, the effort, especially after the hammering at the start and his batting I think in both the innings was really crucial and it turned out the way he got what 24, 25 and a 34 in the two innings that he batted so I think that was crucial too uh, coming in really down in the order and con contributing those runs which turned out to be pretty crucial themselves in the end so yeah that's why I think it was a great all-round effort on debut in what is probably the toughest place for a visiting team to come and win a test match. So I think he deserved it. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I agree with you, Ayush. I think um, because of the runs he put on Tom Hartley, uh, he just edges it for me. But yeah, I'm I'm happy for Eddie Pope because he's just come uh, off the back of that injury. He's been out for about seven months, I think. Didn't bat well in the first innings. I think he scored one and he just looked really jittery. Didn't look good. So, yes, a couple of nice stories there. Kind of two players bouncing back from poor first innings performances. Uh, so, yeah, I think let's talk a little bit about India now. Uh, Ayush, that's now three consecutive home tests without a win. It's the first time since uh, 2012. It's only their fourth defeat at home in a decade. It shows how dominant you know you've been at home in the last decade, but also is the current form a concern for you? Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before as well. In the last time England came to India as well, where they India lost the first test and then ended up absolutely dominating the rest of the series. Chances definitely are that that's going to happen this time as well. So not really. I don't think the form that much because. They did pretty well, and you know, for a major part of this test match as well, they were on top. So, I think these guys, they'll just kind of find, find those wins as well. Uh, three matches in a row, of course, that's that's that doesn't really happen at home where you've not won. But I think that much that's not really concerning for me as much as now these injuries and these things are that are happening into the Indian team. Of course, we'll talk about that, but. It's just messing up a lot with the team combination. Those big guns who've got you those wins in the past few years with Virat Kohli already missing out and now Rahul and Jadeja are not 
going to be there in second test as well. So I think that's more concerning for me, where, again, you've gotten replacements, even if some of them are inexperienced, they're still very experienced in these conditions. But yeah, these are some really big names missing out. And the going down, and this, I think this England team is very different from many teams that have visited India in the past. So I think this is not a team that's, you know, going to, they they won one game and now they're going to play like, okay, we have no idea how to go about the rest of the series. This team has now found more confidence after that win. They've also found confidence in the fact that it's not that they dominated from start to finish, but they came back after being dominated in the first half of the test match. So they're riding on that wave of confidence as well. Like you mentioned, you guys spoke about good dressing room atmosphere as well. All of those things happening. So, yeah, I think this is a team that's not going to fold. So, for me, that's the concern when it comes to India, where team combination now, as we're going to see, has been messed up. And we're playing a, a strong team who, who's, who's pretty much up for the challenge. 100%, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as you mentioned there, Chadeja and Rahul have been out, ruled out injured. They're both huge misses, aren't they? I mean, Rahul, arguably more so since Virat Kohli's been out injured. Rahul's been moved up the batting order and he's been in really good form. I mean, but me and you, Ayush, both had Jadeja as our player of the series, uh, which, you know, as always, isn't looking like a good prediction. But uh, I think, I think yeah, that they'll miss so much. But also from Jadeja's batting, you know, he was the highest scorer in the first innings for India, 87. Um Toby, how big a miss do you think those two will be? Yeah, I mean, you guys seem to be cursing everyone. You said Virat Kohli is top run scorer and player of the series originally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we should stop making these predictions going forward. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm feeling worried for uh, Rohit Sharma next. I you predicted him as the top run scorer, so who knows what's going to happen oh. with him? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think they're massive losses. I, I mean, I think Kale Rahul is probably a bigger loss in some ways in the fact that, yeah, as you mentioned, Virat's injured already. And it means you're going to probably have to blood someone a bit younger um, in there at, at number sort of number four, number five, just to try and keep the balance the same. Whereas Jadeja's probably going to mean, means they're going to have to shake up the the lineup perhaps, because he's obviously been batting in the top six um, or, or was batting in the top six in the first innings. Um, and it's very, very useful in that way. And he's a frontline bowler, which means he's absolutely worth his weight in gold. But he'll probably be a bit of an easier swap in the fact that Coldeep's already in the squad. Coldeep sort of knows how to play test cricket. He's he's a very, very experienced international cricketer generally. Um, and and is possibly going to be very, very useful in, in with the ball as well, particularly if it, if it turns as it has done in the first test. Um, so, I mean, I think in some ways that's possibly an easier swap. It just depends how India now want to sort of line up for the next match. And do they sort of almost risk playing uh, Barat in batting him in the top six? Because, I mean, he batted down eight uh, in the uh, in the second innings when Aksar was, was shuffled up. I mean, it'll be interesting to see maybe how they try and shuffle around. Because, I, I mean, realistically, Barat, Ashwin and Aksar, who probably bat, what, six, seven and eight, are all probably a number seven batters when you when you think about it. So I mean, on on your averages, it, it kind of works having having the three of them there. It's just whether not having a sort of six frontline batters goes through the mind of uh, of the Indian selectors. But I think they could 
could leave it leave a hole, but but yeah, again, they're gonna gonna blood some younger guys perhaps who who are gonna get their first chances at Test cricket, and it'll be interesting to see how how they go. Yeah, Aish, who do you think those guys will be? Who's gonna come in in their place? Yeah, first of all, uh, Ravindra Jadeja missing out is just a scary thought for any Indian fan, and especially now, like Toby mentioned, yeah, KL Rahul is gonna be a huge miss because especially with Kohli not being there, but I think. It, with Rahul's position, um, that is, you know, we're still assuming until Kohli returns, that is, because if once he comes in, he'll slot in directly and we'll see if Rahul pulls up well for the third test. But for now, looking at the next game, the toss-up is between Sarfaraz Khan and Rajat Patidar. And Sarfaraz Khan coming into the team is big news. Because this guy, it, one of the biggest debates around Indian tests selection over the last, I should say, uh, year, couple of years has been, why is Sarfaraz Khan not being picked? The guy averages almost 70 after 65-66 odd innings in first-class cricket. And he's been absolutely dominating the bowling in Ranji Trophy cricket. You've seen some of his scores on, on this current England Lions tour where India A are playing as well. He's been smashing runs over there as well. And I think, yeah, that those performances have played a big role in him getting this call up after Rahul's injury. I feel Sarfaraz will slot into that middle order. Definitely, it's it's going to be challenging because a test debut is a completely different ball game altogether. Doesn't matter how many runs you've then scored in first-class cricket, Ranji Trophy, or wherever you've played. So, yeah, of course, it's going to be tough for him. But in these conditions, a battle like him... And he's he could he could you know he could really be a very good counter attacking batsman because that's how he plays. He's not a very defensive or a very watchful guy. He can you know get his teeth stuck in there as well, but he likes to play his shots. So the concern there is with Shreya Sayer also doing something similar, but Ayer can play that anchor, the facilitator role. If you need a calm head, Shreya Sayer can do that. He has more experience. So I think. For me, it would be good to get Sarfaraz in there, tell him to just use this brilliant form that he's having and uh, yeah, just make the most of it. Because if he gets going, that guy can do some real damage. So I think Patidar is a good shout as well because another very, very talented, very, very accomplished guy, I should say, in the Indian circles. But And he's been in the squad before Sarfaraz. So yeah, you do see the case for him as well, but I think it should be Sarfaraz. And with Jadeja, uh, you know, like Toby mentioned that Kuldeep is an obvious shout that he's going to come in and play, but India will definitely be thinking about the batting as well. Kuldeep doesn't bat as well as Washington Sundar, who's replaced Jadeja in the squad today. So, the concern with Sundar is that he and Ashwin both off spinners. Uh, you already have Ashwin, and Kuldeep is, without a doubt, a better bowler and a more effective bowler than Washington Sundar. But Washington Sundar is a much better batter. And, you know, he's shown that in test cricket as well, in the little that he's played in other formats as well. He's a really good batter. So that's going to be the toss-up for India because you saw Chadeja's batting, how crucial it was in that, in that first test, especially the first innings. So that's really going to be the toss-up. But, yeah, I think... I think they, they, they've got to attack more with the bowling and 
yeah, I think Kuldeep is a fair replacement for Jadeja. Just leave it to the top six, top seven. It's not like your batting is completely in shambles without Jadeja. Because you have Akshar, you have Ashwin. And Ashwin showed decent application in that second innings as well before he just went for that crazy heave to Hartley and got out. But yeah, you've got those two as well who are really good batters. So, Kuldeep, I think, better choice. What do you think, Toby? Yeah, well, I, I saw some some thoughts maybe that um, that maybe Siraj might miss out as well. So they could almost shift shift it around in that way so that Kuldeep comes in for, for Siraj and then almost stack the batting a bit and you could bring in... I think it was before Kaira Rahul was, was thought to be injured. Um, in which case you could have had Kerahu and brought in um, Safraz as well. Um, I mean, I think there's there's a few different options. It sort of depends, I think, a lot on what the pitch is. If if the pitch is very similar, I mean, Siraj didn't bowl that much. He bowled seven overs um, in the in the sort of third innings, um, and obviously took the new ball in the first, but only bowled four. So he bowled eleven uh, overs in the whole game, and I mean, you could very easily have have given that to to someone else. Um, and I wouldn't have think of, wouldn't have thought it would make that much of a difference. I mean, they could maybe think about it in that fact, particularly if it's going to be a similar pitch or or even more of a, a spinning spinning pitch as, as sort of rumours might might fly as it as happened last last time out England played in India. Um, so I mean that could be an option as well, and and maybe them it would sort of balance the side a bit more, and 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 it could actually work in in a in quite a good way, I guess. Yeah, I think they they make that decision. Like you said, looking at the pitch on the morning, uh, because there is a good chance that they're going to make a proper proper turner from day one after losing the first test. So, if that happens, then uh, four spinners that that could be really good with Jadeja, oh, sorry, uh, Kuldeep and Washington Sundar both playing and add Washington's batting to that as well. So yeah. That could be a good way to go as well. But I think, yeah, they'll make that decision on the morning, looking at how how much that pitch is going to turn right from the start. What what do you guys think the, the pitch might look like for the next one? Because I thought this pitch was was a was a great pitch. I thought it played well. It was it was sort of a very nice sort of balance of of turn and and sort of e not easy batting, but if you batted well, you could score runs, which is kind of what you what you want on a test match pitch. Do you think that now that India have lost, they might sort of follow the way that happened in 2021 and, and go for a bit more of a a sort of spin-friendly one that will rag from day one? Or, or do you think it might be a sort of similar kind of kind of um, pitch to this one? I know. I think they wouldn't be they wouldn't be wrong to go with more of a spinning pitch because we've, we've seen we see teams everywhere make the best of their home conditions, right? Especially when they're put under pressure. It kind of put the opposition, you know, turn can turn the tables on the opposition. So uh, they wouldn't be wrong if they went for that kind of a pitch. But I personally would like to see more pitches like we saw in the first test match. It makes things a lot more challenging for both teams. And because, uh, you know, I think it's going to be confusing because they could go for uh, a rank turner as well, but we've seen in the past that that has backfired on India as well. And then, if again you lose a toss, and if your 
some things do not go your way, if luck is not going your way as well, 2 nil could then be a really big problem. So I'm not sure. I think I think we'll see. I but I do think we'll see more of a turning pitch, but it won't be those really crazy rank turners from day one. Uh, so yeah, looking ahead to the next test, um, it's on Friday, the second of Feb. Um, Toby, how how do you think England will line up? Do you think there'll be a few changes? Jack Leach had a bit of a dodgy knee in the first test. What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, I think fairly fairly similar. I can't imagine there'll there'll be you know massive massive changes after such a great performance, but. Um, I reckon if, if Leach is injured, I, I would have thought, well, to be fair, either way, I think Jimmy will probably get a go. Um, I thought he'll, he'll just offer quite a lot more control, um, maybe than, than England didn't have a, a lot of times. I mean, it was all, it was great in all that Hartley taking loads of wickets and, and Rian both, um, Rian bowling well as well, but particularly in the first innings, they, neither of them really had much control. Both went at uh, well. Rian Ahmed went at four point threes and and Tom Hartley five point twos. So both fairly comfortable and neither took wickets. And Joe Root was forced to bowl a lot more than than I'm sure Ben Stokes would have thought he might have done. He bowled very nicely actually, and actually showed maybe why he could be the third third spinner, um, as I think we all sort of suggested last episode. Um, and I mean, yeah, even in the in the fourth innings as well, Rian Ahmed went at five point fives. So he, yet again, he's sort of struggling a little bit. And I think Jimmy just offers so much control with the ball because he's so frugal that he um that if he is because he is so frugal, he'll bring so much more from that way. And actually, slowing down the Indians is probably could be very very useful. I think he'll probably get a game, whether it's over Mark Woods, um, or Jack Leach or whoever it might be. I think he'll probably slot in. If Leach is injured, I think that's a that's a fairly comfortable swap. Mark Wood maybe get rested as well, but I think we'll have to wait and see. And and actually, to be fair, Bashir he's finally out there, um, and I think he obviously wasn't going to play in that first test after all the visa issues. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he if he gets a go, maybe in the next one or or at some point later down the series. But um, it should be really interesting to see, I guess, um, what Stokes and McCullum are kind of thinking. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with four spinners as well. I mean, that was the big news ahead of the first test that Tom Hartley was coming in. Um, I mean, you kind of, you'd expect India to be the spin dominant team out of the two, but um, yeah, they kind of shocked everyone with that selection. Aish, do you think, how, how do you think, do you think that will keep, carry on in the next test? Or do you think they might, you know, add another, Swap in a seamer for you know a Ray and Ahmed, and how do you think that might attack uh, affect the tail of the back batting order? Because I think Ray and Ahmed batted really well actually, especially in the second innings where he scored a very important twenty eight, which proved to be very decisive. Yeah, I I think I think it would be of course tough on him to be dropped just after one game, and I don't think England would also really want to mess around with this combination that has won the first test. So. I think I agree with uh, Toby where he said that, yeah, it just uh, unless, uh, yeah, they want to play that, maybe they want to rest Mark Wood and get Jimmy in, or Jack Leach is not playing because of the injury and then they want to play both him and Wood or Robinson or someone else. But um, yeah, I don't see them changing too much. 
Bashir, yeah, he is finally there, but I don't think I I don't see him playing this next one anyway. Because yeah, you don't want to mess too much with it. And Joe Root has proved that he's I mean, he's such a superstar, isn't he? He just proves that you can really bank on him with the bowling. Uh, in that first innings, Hartley was struggling. Rehan was struggling. Got a couple of wickets, a couple of key wickets, but he was struggling. And Joe Root came in and picked such crucial wickets. And he, I think it was, his spell was so important in ensuring that India don't eventually end up getting 550 or 600 runs. And England could bowl them out for like a 430-ish or whatever it was in the end. So, yeah, Joe Root has proved that, of course, going into the series or into the first test, we knew that Joe Root is bankable. But with this performance, he's proved, he's even put more kind of, he's given more confidence to Stokes, McCullum and the rest of the team that, yeah, you can really bank on me whenever you want with the ball as well. So, yeah, wouldn't be, wouldn't be, I think, wise to make too many changes to this combination. Given well, and like you said, very rightly, that Rehan Ahmed is pretty decent with the bat as well. Hartley's already shown that he is too. I'm not really sure about Bashir. I don't think he is uh, known at all with the bat. So, yeah, this because these lower order runs are very crucial as we've already seen. So, why mess with all of that? Yeah, I think it'll be think a massive Bashir... shock if Bashir came in, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, Bashir I think the, can... the the one thing to say about about that though is it would be very basball to blood Bashir so early on into the series. <laughs> Um, I mean, Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum absolutely love a young spinner. Um, they've had, I, I sort of realised a stat that they, um, <clears throat> they've had three debutant spinners take fivers. So three spinners on debut on, in the sort of two years have taken a fiver. Before uh, 2022, when Will Jacks got, got the first one, um, you have to go to 2015 when it was Adil Rashid took a five for on debut. And before that, 1993, when an English spinner took a five for on debut, Peter Such. And before that, it was in the 80s. And you have to go right the way back um, to, to 70s. And, and even before that, I mean, I was having a look all the way back. And I think in 1960 or something, someone took a, a, a five for on debut. And I had a look at it, uh, who it was. And it, his, um, his skill set was he could bowl right arm off break, right arm medium fast or right arm fast it was really random i don't know what was going on but he seemed to be a, a bit of a sort of jack of all trades hmm. good stats i like that i like that uh, yeah, you can really, you can bank on toby to get you some really <laughs> interesting facts about cricket yeah yeah diving into the history books there um yeah i mean so in terms of team selection toby what's your predicted lineup for the next test one to eleven uh, I'm going to just go, I think it's going to be the same 11, except Anderson in for Wood, assuming Leach is fit. Um, right. I think that will be a fairly, fairly similar swap. If Leach is injured and Wood is fit, I think Anderson just comes in for Leach, um, is, is my, my guess. Unless it's an absolute, like, Bunsen burner, in which case, if Leach is injured... You probably bring Anderson in for Wood and Bashir in for Leach. Aish, what about you in terms of India? What's your predicted lineup? Yeah, I think uh, we're going to see, of course, we're going to see changes. We already know that, but I think it's going to be 
कि सरफराज लाइक आई सेड विल रिप्लेस के एल राहुल एंड आई थिंक आई मीन आई डोंट नो लाइक अगेन यू नो रीट्रेटिंग दैट द सिराज डिसीजन विल डिपेंड ऑन हाउ इट इज ऑन हाउ द पिच इज ऑन द मॉर्निंग जस्ट बिफोर द टॉस बट एज आई आई कैन सी राइट नाउ टू बी सरफराज इन फॉर के एल राहुल एंड कुलदीप इन फॉर रविंद्र जडेजा बिकॉज yes ravindra jadeja's batting will 100% be missed but it's his wicket taking ability it's his bowling that's more of a factor and you need kuldeep yadav uh, to fill in those shoes because he's very very good himself he could might as well be the match winner in the next game so yeah you you need to give him that chance in these conditions so i i'm looking at those two changes right now yeah i don't think they don't have too many options to mess around with the team anyway because kohli is missing himself so they don't have a lot of uh liberty to change especially the batting right now i can see these two changes happening right now and yeah if if it's a very very strong turning wicket like a proper rank turner from day one then like we discussed earlier get washington in as well and just play bumrah as the sole uh fast bowler um what one one person we haven't actually mentioned as well for for England I realize is, is Dan Lawrence um who who although he isn't a spinner he does bowl a little bit of handy off spin it's a it's a very interesting action as well so if he does get a chance to to play into bowl I, I would recommend keeping an eye out for it um but but yeah I mean if if England do want or are comfortable with just playing three spinners including Joe Root and Leach is injured say or, or they don't fancy Rian Ahmed or whatever it might be Dan Lawrence could be a good option to to sort of slot in there maybe in at number number seven possibly instead of Rian Ahmed or, or one of the spinners and you could shuffle folks down to, to eight and, and actually that's a very very long batting lineup without losing too much bowling as well if, if Joe Root and Dan Lawrence between them which which we know they can do could get through a lot of overs um so that could maybe be an interesting option for England as well and and that might be more of a of a suggestion later on in the series perhaps depending on how Rian Ahmed goes and if there's any more injuries which you assume there are on on tours that are along as this one yeah it's an interesting uh, suggestion i didn't think of that myself but um yeah so it kind of seems like England are actually in a shocking turn of events in a more positive <laughs> position squad selection wise you know india are, going through it a bit at the minute and hopefully on Friday we can make the most of that and win the second test so looking forward to that one we probably won't do another pod before then so yeah we'll see what happens there quickly we just need to touch upon some other very big news in the cricket world West Indies beating Australia in Australia Um, it's a very cool story I'm sure everyone's seen the video of Shamar Joseph taking that uh, final wicket. Josh Hazelwood sprinting around the ground. You know, all the West Indies players chasing him. Amazing moment for West Indies cricket after, you know, a pretty tough time in the last few years. It seems like they're on the up, resurgent. Ayush, what did you make of that win? So good. I mean, that was just, that day was just test cricket at its best wasn't it it was it was the day it was the story of two debutants we spoke about hartley and then it was shamar joseph 
picking up seven wickets himself. Both of them got seven wickets in the deciding innings of, of the respective test matches. So that was such a great story. And I mean, just the scenes and to do it at the Gabba. Uh, it was such a big story when India finally, those headlines that India have breached the Gabba because of Australia's supreme record over the years at in Brisbane. And now the West Indies, I mean, India doing it is still, yeah, you can say it because India is one of the stronger teams that the West Indies is going there and beating Australia at the Gabba is just a fantastic achievement. I mean, you saw you saw the scenes, right? Carl Hooper was crying. Brian Lara in commentary got emotional as well. And it's just it just shows how much it means to them. And means to them more because of everything that West Indian cricket is going through right now. Uh, for the past few years, and it's a huge win. And Shamar Joseph, I mean, with an injured foot, just ran in all day and bowled. I think that last spell was what nine or ten overs, was it? I'm not really sure exactly what it was, something like that. And kept bowling, kept bowling. And just when you think Steve Smith's going to take them home, especially after that lap shot for six out of nowhere, and they needed what just seven or eight runs, this guy comes in, takes out Hazelwood, and I think that it that that run, Joseph, you know, the celebratory run and the team following him, I think those images and that video is going to be like one of the more, more famous uh, cricketing moments in the years to come. So yeah, I think they showed they showed great application and throughout the test because especially the first innings, they were what 60, 70 odd for five. And that moment you're like, okay, this is done. This test match is done and dusted, 2-0 Australia. There's no way the West Indies can come back. And then they just kept chipping away. They, you know, managed to get past 300, managed to get just a slender lead over Australia. Second innings again, the target wasn't too much. It was just, what, 215-odd runs. Even if it's the fourth innings, you expect Australia to get those runs. But brilliant. I think it was all heart, that performance from the West Indies. Yeah, I think I'm right in saying Shamar Joseph was a security guard uh, very recently and he quit he that. Was, yeah. yeah, and to try and break into professional cricket and it's such an amazing story. Um, I mean, Toby, England toured West Indies, uh, was it just after Christmas or just before Christmas? Around then. Uh, played a few ODIs and T20s and West Indies looked really good. Uh, Shea Hope in particular, amazing batsman I mean how big do you think this test win is for West Indies you know they're they're kind of coming back as a big cricketing nation they weren't in the ODI World Cup how big is it I think it'll be it'll be a very very big win to to win at the Gabba is a is a massive achievement for for any team I mean I don't think England have done that for for a long long time um and I mean yeah India did it a few years ago West Indies um just last week and and yeah, it was it's extremely impressive, and it'll hopefully. I mean, I think we've said it must have said it a few times with West Indies that sort of victories like this and, and beating England and, and the ODIs and stuff should hopefully push uh, West Indian cricket back to the forefront of sort of the the well, well many countries' minds, I guess. But um, it never really seems to, and it, it is always going to be the lack of funding that that they'll receive will always struggle, and and maybe 
more and more performances like this might might encourage them and, and might hopefully push them forward. And and yeah, I mean they'll be coming to to England next summer, so we'll hopefully be able to see the the rebirth of West Indian cricket, which will be amazing. And yeah, they've got a very very dangerous team as well. I mean their bowling attack in particular, five four or five very very good quick bowlers, mostly quite young. Um, other than what Kimar Roach, who's an absolute great of the game. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a very, very exciting time for West Indian cricket if they can try and um, sort of find a bit more funding from somewhere. And I mean, they're hosting the, the T20 World Cup this summer as well with uh, with uh, with America. So yeah, again, it, it'll hopefully try and sort of bring that West Indian cricket um, dream back alive. 100%, yeah. What a win for West Indies. What a day for Test Cricket Sunday was. Uh, not so good in the football. West Brom lost the Black Country derby, but, you know, we'll move away from that and end the podcast there, I think, if any, unless anyone else has anything to add. Anyone? No, no, no. All good? No, I think we're good. Because yeah. if we get into the football, we could be here for another few hours. So <laughs> we leave that to maybe another day. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough day for me. Oh, good and bad. England win, West Brom lose. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we will probably pod again after the second test, uh, I imagine, at the end of that. So we'll see you then. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for joining me, guys. Cheers for having us. It's been great, great thank podcast you. again. Yeah, back in what, five, five, six days, depending on how long the next match lasts. Yeah, hopefully it's just as good as the first test. And we will talk about it and see you then. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 